Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 92 of Breaking Bats, presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, uh, and I am joined by the great Kate Metascalco back from her World Series trip. I am very jealous that she went. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk all about the World Series. We have some off-season news that's coming up here soon. So, uh, Kate, how are you? It's great to see you. Great to see you. Great to be here. Uh, Game five's on right now as we're recording. Very exciting times. But yeah, it was Halloween this weekend, World Series this weekend, a lot, lot going on, the like final weekend of October. There's a lot going on. We had the sports equinox too. It was, it was yes. all four major sports had a game on at the same time. So that was fun. Um, I wanted to start though, because you, I think you were at the greatest World Series game of all time, game one. Uh, so now we have this in common. We've both been to Globe Life. First, I'll start with Globe Life, then we'll talk about the game. It is a spaceship in that stadium. It is the coolest thing ever. It is ginormous. It is a very, I've only been to a few stadiums, but Yankee Stadium's pretty big, but I went through Globe Life and I'm like, I'm lost. I, there are so many levels. There's a lot of different floors. I do really enjoy the roof. I've never been in a stadium with a roof. So that was kind of cool and interesting. But yeah, loved Globe Life. Energy was amazing. Fans were fantastic. A lot of people showed up. So I did, I really liked the atmosphere there. It is very easy to get lost in there. Yes. Uh, I went this summer, which I don't know if you've heard. I've been to a Rangers game, kind of my personality trait. Yep. Um, and we got lost. Like my buddy and I, like we were trying to find the fourth deck because they had like a happy hour up there. And I think we had to go up like three or four different sets of escalators. We took a, an elevator at one point. It is, it's the biggest, most gigantic thing ever. Yeah. Um, that was the second roofed stadium that I've been to. I went to Miami. Miami was way worse because maybe it was because it was nobody was in there. Right. Uh, but when Rangers stadium is bumping, it was, I think I said it was, I saw it was like 112 decibels or something for that world series game. One was it ear shatteringly loud. Okay. I will say this and I don't want the Rangers fans to come for my throat. When I say this, it was not very loud. It really was not. It was rather quiet. I will say, especially like during the game, during celebrations, I don't know if I, I will say this. When I exited that game, I said, I now understand why people say Yankees fans are so obnoxious and loud and annoying because I was there and like, it's the bottom of the ninth inning. And I was, I had very good seats. Not a lot of yelling, not a lot of chatter. I don't, it's maybe it's just a different type of fandom. They'd rather be a little bit more composed. I don't know, but not very loud. Not very loud. Because I read USA Today. The crowd at crowd noise at Globe Life registered 112 decibels when Corey Seager hit the game tying home run in game one. Tori Lovello said, I've been in a lot of arenas, D1 football fields, 100,000 people cheering. That was easily the loudest crowd where I've ever had heard. Um, when he hit the two run home run, yes. But I'm talking yeah, about like the see. overall, the overall experience. Like they were not very loud. Like I'm used to games where people are literally yelling every single inning. Every single Those pitch, are Yankees fans, which are, every which are different. Inning. Yes. But I no, I will say the two run home run, you would have like jolted from where you were standing. Yeah. Which obviously, because it was the coolest thing ever. 
coolest moment in the walk off. Coolest moment in the world. And the walk off was even sweeter. It was fantastic. I mean, there's nothing better than big game atmosphere. You're in the stadium. I went. I was at the Orioles uh, ALDS when Delman Young hit the double down the line, and it like it like shook the stadium. It was that loud. Um, that, and that was even outside. But you have to think like this is indoors. So yeah. Uh, let's let's give the Rangers fans their flowers a little bit because that's that's a big deal. For sure. For sure. That's so you did that. You were there. You're walking around. Uh, I'm scrolling Twitter. And I'm just well. First of all, I was, I was jealous that I wasn't there. Um, and I see I see a picture pop up of Kate and just a seven foot tall dude. Yeah, and I was like, who the, I was like, is that Derek Jeter? So, as a Yankees fan who got to meet Derek Jeter, was that was that top three greatest moments of your life? Definitely top three greatest moments of my life. I will say, didn't know that was going to happen. They told me that that day that that's what I would be doing. They was going to go around showing the VIP experience with Capital One. So going onto the field and then meeting an MLB legend, they said the legend's going to be Derek Jeter. And I think my my facial expression showed it all because they said, oh, wait, you're a Yankees fan, right? I said, it's just my entire personality. So <laughs> it's fine. Um, and everyone's been asking me. So I'm really happy that I have our conversation on video that the team recorded it because when people keep asking me what I said to Derek Jeter, I say, I have no idea. I completely blacked out. No idea what came out of my mouth. I do know that he asked me some questions, which was nice, but really nice guy. So genuine, obviously, as everyone says, so humble um, and very tall, very tall in person. Now I'm the tallest person. I'm rather short. I am five, three, but if you see the picture on Twitter, he's quite literally towering over me. So yeah, that was, that was the top, maybe top two experience of my entire life. I don't know. That's a good point (laughs) about like blacking out when you meet somebody like that, because I was at Carolina Panthers training camp last year uh, with our guy, Jack and Jack and I are shooting content, doing interviews. And then like, we wanted to interview Baker, but his, the PR people wouldn't let us. Uh, But he, he walked over and like, I swear, I don't remember what happened. Like I, all I remember is he walked up and he said, nice blazers. Cause I had Nike blazers on. And then I think, I think I stuck out my hand to like shake his hand. And I'm pretty sure I just said the word Baker. I don't even think I said my name. I just was like, Baker? I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. And then I don't know what I said. And then, yeah, you get a picture real quick. But yeah, there is something that like when you have like that aggressive of a fandom for somebody. Yeah. And you finally get to meet them. You just, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I wanted to be so cool. And so, you know, no, I'm working this. Like I'm shooting content. Like I'm here. And it it over it overtook took everything. So that's something I'm gonna work on because I need to be, you know, prepared to not <laughs> not be starstruck. I mean, but like you're I feel like you're allowed to have people that like that. That if you yeah. meet in person, like he was Baker's my white whale. I had I had loved him since my freshman year of college or sophomore year of college. So I've watched him like my entire like adult life. And then like to meet him in person, which is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, you just don't know. You, you can't control your body in that situation. It's, no. It's involuntary. No. But yeah, it would have been nice to actually know what I would have said. But it, what is, so what did you guys talk about on video? So I started, it started with, hi, Derek, my name's Kate. So nice to meet you. Um, in that voice? <laughs> in that voice. I think it was in this voice. <laughs> your customer service voice. I said, and he, he, I think he like knew I just wanted to ramble. But it started with, I used to work for the Yes Network and I, just want to let you know, like I played college. Oh, cause I always, t- I told my work his retirement ceremony. 
used to work at the SNR. I worked at retirement ceremony. And then I said, I played softball and you were like my idol growing up. And he said, oh, where'd you play softball? And I said, oh, I played it at Ithaca College. And he goes, wait, where are you from originally? And I said, oh, I'm from Long Island. I, and, I, and then I like followed up with, I'm a, I'm a huge Yankees fan. <laughs> as, as, as if it wasn't evident. Yeah. As if it wasn't so completely <laughs> obvious. And he's like, oh my God. And then of course I said, and I, I know I said this. I'm sure you get this all the time, but I just wanted to say like, thank you so much for everything. You are literally the best, my favorite player of all time. And he said, that means a lot. I appreciate that. And then I was walking away after we had our little conversation. I went, I went, I thought, how many people have probably said this to him? Like, you are the greatest person in the whole world. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, thank you. It's nice to hear. Yeah, guys, like, yeah, that's a good point, though. When, when guys right? reach a, a level of fame and fandom that, like, when they're larger than life people, I'm sure, yeah, that every single day of their life when they go to, like, Starbucks or something, somebody will tell them that. But it's cool. He gave you, like, an actual genuine, like, human, like, conversation, too. As oh, a, yeah. He could have just been an asshole and be like, oh, yeah, cool. said a couple words or something. Oh, he could have just been like, oh, yeah, thank you so much. Let's get a picture and then move on. Like, he was, he yeah. wants to, like, sit there and talk to me, which was very nice. I like that when they ask questions. Yeah. yeah. Or just, like, carry on a good conversation. They don't have to do that. Like, there's no, that's just, that's just them being a nice person, which I always appreciate. Yes, absolutely. So, who's the white whale now? Who's the, who's the Yankees legend that you're going to? I would love, I would love, Mo, I, I would drop dead if I met Mo. Love to meet Mo. <laughs> um, and... Bernie too. Love Bernie. Would love to meet Bernie. Yeah. Oh. So Bernie. Uh, yeah. That's okay. We got to make this happen somehow. We got to, I don't know. I don't know what event we have to work or get into or sneak into yeah. climb a fence, but we'll, we'll get you in there to meet some of these people up for sure. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> but moving on to the next day, how was, how was your Halloween? Oh, now it was, it was also world series Halloween weekend. There was, a lot going on. It always falls this weekend, obviously, because it's the last weekend of Major League Baseball. Well, first of all, I'm glad Game 1 was on a Friday because I didn't have plans on Friday. That was like my plan was to sit and watch Game 1 and scroll to and refresh Twitter to see what you were doing. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, she, what cool person is she meeting now? Um, so that, that was my plan, uh, which worked out great. And then Saturday, Halloween went, went out a little bit. I'm just going to say it. And look, I'm no stranger to bad takes on this podcast, but I feel like this is – a there might be a silent majority that agrees with this one. Halloween's yeah. like a bottom tier holiday for adults. It's cool when you're a kid, you get to trick or treat, you get to wear a costume. That's like cool. You get to be a superhero and you get free candy and whatever. Um, as an adult, it's awful. I don't like it. I, I like, I, so I was, I was going back and forth with my friends about like, cause we wanted to go out drinking, obviously. And I was like, Hey, what if, what if we just like, what if we just go drinking normally? And they're like, we, we, we would do that normally. Like, this is a special weekend. I was like, yeah, but I really, I really don't want to dress up. Yeah. I, I really, I don't want to bring extra. T- I just want to go and I want to have a couple beers responsibly and just like have a good time. I was like, I don't want to be dressed up like a bottle of ketchup or something and wander around blacked out. Yeah. Dressed as a hot dog. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, And so I was overruled and we had to wear a group costume and we, we I powered through, but um, yeah, as an adult, I don't like it. I don't, ha- I don't understand how anybody likes this holiday. Yeah. You know what it was? It used to be my all-time favorite holiday. I know that sounds really crazy, but I love the fall and I love anything spooky, like love Halloween movies and all that stuff. The only thing I'll say is that it's really fun in college because you're with all your friends and you're like, oh, what are we all going to be? And what this night and this night and whatever. And it's really exciting. And then after college, you're like, so I have to go to a bar in a costume? 
you know? It's the worst. Like, I'm sure if you're going to a Halloween party, it might be a little bit fun, but to stand at a bar in a costume and people coming up to you going, what are you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm whatever I pulled out of my drawer because I don't feel like picking out a costume. And then you'll get made fun of if you like half-ass the costume. It's like, oh, cowboy, huh? Oh, nice flannel shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just, I don't, I don't understand the allure of it. Also, I, the whole like buildup is like spooky season. You're supposed to watch scary movies, which I hate anyway. Um, yeah, I, I just, as an adult, like maybe it would be cool if it was like a cool Halloween party thrown at like somebody's house or something. Yeah. Then it's like a, a little, maybe a little better of an experience, but yeah, dressing up, going to a bar, walking around, feeling like a jackass. I I'm out. Yeah. Bottom I agree. Like I wore a Texas Ranger shirt that I got on Friday and do you know how many people came up to me and said, what are you? M- multiple people came I'm up Kate. to me and said, what are you? <laughs> and I looked at all of these men dead in the eye. I go, I'm Corey Seager. And they were like, who's that? I go, okay, I'm, I'm leaving. I, I, <laughs> now I can't help you. I can't help you anymore. <laughs> I think that's how you have to do that holiday. Yeah, it could have been worse. You had to be a part of a group costume. I mean, no. that was. Yeah, but you got, you got I, off easy. Tell them what you were. No, I really don't want to, but uh, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we, were, we, were at, we were the fairly odd parents as a group. And uh, I have so much respect for the people in my friend group because they had to put effort into their costumes to spray paint their hair and to put the, you know, the shirts and the clothes and the whatever on. One yeah. friend had to wear like a pink or purple morph suit to be the baby. Um, I just had a pink t-shirt and a hat. And I was Timmy Turner and got that shouted at me about a dozen times. Um, I got really good at a fake laugh. Ha, ha, hey, Timmy. And then just like trying to laugh until they leave. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. Great. 10 out of 10. Love it. Recommend it. Um, but I am glad it's over. On What's to like, we're on to, th- yeah, the Belichick we're on to, I was going to say the three holidays in the winter or sli- winter and fall, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yeah. I think it goes reverse order in, in terms of being cool. I think it goes Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. I would say Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving. I'm I don't love I don't love Thanksgiving food. That's why. Like I, I don't love like there's not one thing that we have on Thanksgiving that I'm like yes. Yeah. You know? Sign me up. I'd rather have like also like if it was, if it was that good, you would eat it more than once a year. Right. Right. <laughs> like we would have stuffing and cranberry, whatever, like every week. Yeah. If it like was good. for Thanksgiving, I'm more excited for like the day before Thanksgiving because you get to hang out with all of like your high school friends and see what everyone's doing. Like that's fun to me. Okay. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Big Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving Eve crowd at the local bar. Yeah. yeah. The little, little dive bar gets you having from high school. It's great. Yeah. See how they aged, how many kids they have. It's the best part of whoa, Thanksgiving whoa. Eve. Easy tiger. I'm 24. Nobody has kids. Yet. <laughs> I'm in my mid forties. So it's a little bit of a different, <laughs> a little bit of a different scene when you, when you get up in age, just as myself, um, usually turn in around seven, eight o'clock at night, go home, lay down. Um, <laughs> that's just the age discrepancy we bring on this podcast mm-hmm. over all the bases. Kate's the Gen Z. I'm the boomer. It's great. Um, <laughs> that will be, that will be a topic of conversation for next, actually this month. Cause it is November. Mm-hmm. Cause I turned on TikTok today and all I saw was it's the first of the month. It's the first of the month. Mm-hmm. I got to post my sound. It's the first. Of oh, the you month. haven't done it yet. 
No, and I had a great September and I didn't post in October and I had an okay October. So now, well, aside from the World Series. And then, so now I need to do it for November. Did you do the, like, what's the, what, the Earth, Wind, and Fire? Uh, do you remember the whatever night of September sound? Do you remember? I did. Yeah. Okay. The 21st night of September. I personally like the Justin Timberlake. It's going to be May. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Like that one too. I, I think that's number one of my uh, bullshit month things we put on TikTok. Oh, for sure. Oh, no. I like the, I like the Tim McGraw. It was Labor Day weekend and I was 17. That's a good one too. But we're, you're not, we're not 17. You're closer to it than I am. That's true. So yeah. our resident 17 year old on the podcast. Um, <laughs> don't call me old anymore. <laughs> Just break down into tears. Um, <laughs> He's very sensitive over his age. I am sensitive about a couple of things, how old I am. Um, it's high losing my hair. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot going through a lot right now. It'll be, it'll be all right. Um, okay. Uh, before we get into a little world series talk, wanted to give two quick shout outs to two very nice and very good sponsors of this podcast. It is Fuel Hunt, one of my favorite athletic brands out there. They by far the best shirts to work out in. I love them. Uh, fuelhunt.com and also Shoreboy Clothing Company. It's just they keep they're keeping the the summer vibes of the Jersey Shore year round in their apparel, sweatshirts, hoodies, t-shirts, the whole vibe. shoreboy.co. Okay. Uh World Series. We're game 5 is on right now. We're taping this on Wednesday night. So when you're listening to this, we either have a, a World Series champion or we don't. So yeah. choose your own adventure. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers on winning the 2023 World Series. First time in franchise history. Not so fast. Not so fast. <laughs> Lee Corso. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Diamondbacks can still come back. Okay. They're only down 3-1. I think only, what is it, like four other teams have done it? Something like that. It, it's I, I, I did see that. It was like the... Dodgers over the Braves in 20. Yeah. Uh, obviously the Red Sox and the Yankees, right? That was 3-1. That was 0-4, yeah. And then... No, Red Sox and old... Yankees. Red Sox-Yankees was, was, was 3-0. Oh, damn it. Even worse. It's even worse. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, I read this stat earlier, and I probably should have written it down. Um but it's fine. We, you know, don't fact check us. This is an entertainment podcast. This is not a factual. No. Um, this is satire. Yes. This is sarcastic. All well. jokes. All jokes. But no, the Rangers, the Rangers did win the World Series. So congrats to them. Nathaniel awesome. Lowe, <clears throat> friend of the podcast. We'll catch up with him at some point this fall. Yep. Um, tell us all about it. Hoisting the World Series trophy, all the beer they drank. It'd be so sick. Um, are you saying that you don't want that to happen? Are you saying the Diamondbacks are to come back and we're going to be robbed of an opportunity to have our guy Nathaniel Lowe on? No, I absolutely think that the Rangers can win. I don't know if they will win tonight. I still have my pick Rangers in six, not Rangers in five. So I'm going to go one more game. Friday, they'll take okay. it. I think the D-backs, the, my reasoning behind this is because, Justin, after the third inning yesterday, did you turn off the game when they were no, winning? I, I left it on because I thought it was funny. Left it on, right? Everyone's like, left it on. The Dimebacks scored four runs in the eighth and then two runs in the ninth. And where the Rangers I, only scored like one in those two or three innings. So technically they won those, the final end of game four. So in my book, the D-backs have momentum going into this game. If ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, if they get to Evaldi early and they have to just 
you know, go against the bullpen. I think they're fine. But yeah, I don't know. Zach Allen hasn't been great in the postseason, so we shall see. It's five ERA. Yeah, I'm going yeah. big game Nate. Love Nate. Only. Love Nate. I hope the bullpen gives it up. Don't want don't want Nate to get up. That's a good point. Yeah. You know? Well, we have a we have a lot of World Series things to talk about. Um I my favorite thing every World Series is ratings. Hmm. Everybody gets so mad about World Series ratings because every year they keep going down. And this year it they've hit rock bottom because that remember that game one? You remember that game one? Well, you yeah. were in person, so you probably contributed to the ratings being not great. Um, we could have used your TV viewership for that one. Game one of the World Series was the least watched World Series game one on record. Yep. And also the game, the second game drew significantly less viewers at 8.15 million. And it was least watched World Series game until game three. So every game has been less wa- least watched, less watched than the game before. Um, we're getting like eight mil a pop and it's disgusting. It's not great for our sport. Does any of that matter though? Does, do World Series ratings matter? No, I I don't think it matters. I think, especially because this year, the ratings were higher than every other year. I think in like the past like four or five years in Major League Baseball, because it's quicker pace now, because all the rule changes, there's more action, there's more stolen bases, you have the pitch clock, obviously, so it speeds it up. I don't really think the World Series ratings matter, especially this is no knock to either one of these teams because they absolutely deserve to be here. But it would be very different if it was a Dodgers-Astros matchup, if it was a Braves-Astros matchup. The fact that it's a Rangers-Diamondbacks matchup, if you ask an average baseball fan, one that's not you know, as dedicated as we are, they don't know quite anything about the Arizona Diamondbacks. They probably don't know that much about the Texas Rangers either. It's really only like true baseball fans that know a lot about both teams. The part that aggravates me is that there are actually so many really cool storylines among both of these teams that I think could contribute to the success of the ratings with the rookies doing well. Um, Like Brandon fought from the Dimebacks was awesome. Obviously you had him going up against Max Scherzer. Garcia has been outstanding. There's just, there hasn't really been anything like super dramatic, but Sorry, this is a long-winded answer. I don't think ratings really matter in the World Series. What about you? It's a little concerning that only 8 million baseball fans are out there watching it because there's a, there has to be more than 8 million baseball fans in a country of 350 million. Um, so just from a numbers perspective, I saw that. And I was like, damn, we only got eight? Yeah. There's only 8 million of us that actually will actually know what we're talking about. So that was a little true. troublesome. But I there these are big media markets which is why I was so confused. Like, yes, it's not LA versus New York or Chicago versus LA or whatever, but I mean, Phoenix is a top four, I think, big city in this country. And Dallas, Fort Worth is like one of the biggest metroplex uh, metropolitan areas in the country. Um, We can't have these two teams, like home regions come out, watch the game. Um, And like, there's all these reasons like, well, you know, there's no major stars in this world series. Like, all right, well, let's just, let's just do a quick, Rapid fire snake draft back and forth. We're each going to name the biggest stars in this World Series. Max Scherzer. Adolis Garcia. Corey Seager. Nathan Avaldi. No, I got there's no there's no chance. You name recognition. Star? Name recognition. Just their name? Yeah, if you ask a random baseball fan or whatever, like, do you know who Max Scherzer is? Everybody's like, yeah, because he's, you know, national yes. for life. Um, Corey Seager, World Series hero before this, he was a Dodger. 
I wouldn't, I mean, Nate would be low. He, you could have got better value in that round is all I'll say. Who would you have picked over Nate? I think Corbin Marcus, Carroll. Marcus, Marcus Semien. I, I don't think an average viewer knows Corbin Carroll. I think he's been out there more than big game Nate has in terms of like this yeah, year. He, he's been around longer. Okay. Uh, who else? Marcus Semien. But that's like, like that's, those are the only ones I can think of that have been around for a while. Like there's aside from Carol, who else? I can't think of anyone else in the dime backs that is a huge His name recognition wise. Yeah. 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 I mean, Carol and gallon. That's about it. Yeah. That is, oh no. Tommy fam. Okay. Maybe. You can say Tommy fam. Yeah. You can say Tommy fam. Maybe Tom, maybe Tommy fam for varying reasons. We are a very pro Tommy fam podcast. Um, but yeah, there's just, there's not like, there's no Aaron judge, Bryce Harper. Show yeah. yeah. Mike Trout. No Mike Trout. Yeah. Like, I got it. It sucks. So every time I see that, we're only getting 8 million a pop. And also, some of these games are going against NFL games, I think, right? Yeah. yeah Monday night. Yep. M- Monday night football is always going to crush. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not great, but that doesn't mean the baseball, like, pe- people are like, oh, this is the Diamondbacks. Well, like, one, nobody knows who they are. And two, it's just like their team sucks. The team doesn't. Bad team. The team they're is a not, very good team. They're a very good team. And it's, they might be more complete. They might be more cohesive, like better as a unit than most team teams. Like them against the Padres, this is a better team. Team. They don't have like individuals. Yeah, everybody's got better individuals because like we said, we can't. I don't even know who's playing short or third for these people half the night if it's not. Ev- oh, Evan Longoria. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can say Longoria. We'll throw, we'll throw him in that snake draft that we did. Um but yeah, I don't know how I don't know half of these people are, but they're really good together. Yeah, but I think like in terms of oh my gosh, I completely forgot where I was going with that thought. In terms of the two teams, yeah. variety, yeah. name recognition on a national scale, we don't have it. Degrom yeah. though, if we had Jacob Degrom in this World Series, that would have changed. That would have brought some more eyeballs. I feel like. Oh, are, yes, because everyone knows who Jacob Degrom is. Pissed off Mets fans want to see how he'll do. Yes. I want to see how Jacob DeGrom does in another World Series because I don't think in that World Series in 15, he was very yeah. good. Um, so yeah, there would have been more storylines if he was still around and, and kicking. Um, yeah. That made it sound like he was dead. He's fine. He's fine. He's just, we'll he's just wearing back. a hoodie. Yeah. He's wearing a hoodie. He's there. He's out. present. <laughs> he is there. Just not um, in the wrong <laughs> He's Yeah, he's just not. He's just hanging out. Um, I have something that is another reason why probably these games keep getting less and less watched and I think you even did a TikTok on this, the pitching matchup for game four of a World Series. You think, all right, who, who, what horses are they going to trot out for this big game? Texas is up. Arizona's got to get this game to even the series up. Who, Kate, who was the pitching matchup for, for game four? It was Andrew Heaney and Joe Mantiply for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So technically, bullpen games. Heaney is yes. going back and forth starting bullpen, but Joe's out of the bullpen, which is... Yes, Joe Mantiply is straight-up reliever. Yeah, straight-up reliever. So that was... Yeah, especially because think about how, like, amped up, like you just said, people get for, like, the pitching matchup for the World Series. Like, oh, this... Like, I remember it was a Subway Series this year, and it was Garrett Cole versus Justin Verlander, and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, what a freaking matchup. And now we have Andrew Heaney. And Clash Mantiply. of the Titans. Yeah. 
Everyone, it was on. It was also on Halloween. This pitching matchup. So all the beat reporters were going talk about a spooky pitching matchup for Game Four. <laughs> Which is yeah, so like, cool. What is this? That was tough. Yeah, I, I. It's hard to justify that. The funniest part about all of this was that like the Diamondbacks went to such great lengths to have this bullpen game. They had all these pitching changes. They probably had it all mapped out. They went to like, uh, like the other Nelson. They they went to Castro, former Oriole. They could have just went with Ryan Nelson. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan Nelson came in and, and pitched five and a third on one, only gave up one run. So they yeah. went to all these great lengths to like not have that guy start and to have him come out of the bullpen when they had the the answer was just sitting out there chilling. Granted, he was a re- he was not very good at the end of the season as a starter. So he probably yeah. pitched himself out of a start in that World Series. Um, but yeah, that's you you can't I mean the Rays have done bullpen games in the World Series, I think, but like and, and the Diamondbacks, I think, even did bullpen game in the in the, the ALCS yeah. against the Phillies. Yeah. Um World Series is tough though. It's yeah. Yeah. Like the big the brightest lights, the biggest stage. We got no no offense to either of those guys, but it's not yeah. necessarily it's it's not, you know, Roger Clemens out there. No. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson versus Big whoever. Unit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Stop. I have a couple quotes, though, because uh, from either either side's manager, D-backs manager, Tori Lovello, said, quote, it wasn't your traditional World Series game with a lot of World Series moments. He said that he was simply trying to find the best way to win. So he's like, it's going to yep. be ugly. Deal with it. Put a middle finger up. Here's Joe Mantiply. Um, I like Bruce Bochy's quote. Bochy said, I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of it during the season. It's done a lot, talking about um, bullpen games. He said, I understand if you don't have a starter to fit in that slot there and you have to do it, you have to adapt your club. I'm not saying it's a good thing. You're in the World Series. You have to do what you can to win. But I'm saying it in general, and that's kind of my thinking over the years because I don't think fans love those matchups. So Bochy hit the nail on the head. Can't really really drum up interest of casual baseball fans with Joe Mantiply. No, it's it's not making people turn on their television. We'll we'll say that. It's crazy that like we had to do a bullpen game and get and only game four. Like if this was game seven, that's what I'm saying. And, like, and, and they were tired. Like game four, game four, you didn't have anybody. <laughs> like, you couldn't you couldn't have trotted somebody out there on short rest. Yeah, you couldn't I, have, like that was your only option in game four. Yeah, just go bullpen game. Um, it wasn't great, but. I had this thought, and I think the Diamondbacks probably would have benefited from this if they would have had a little bit more middle rotation depth. Okay. Is this going to put, is this bullpen game, uh, I'm going to do a little overreaction, is this going to be the straw that breaks Campbell's back? Are we finally going to get, I, I said last week we're going to make middle relievers great again. Yeah. Will the bullpen game make middle of the rotation starters great again? Oh, yeah. Wait, I like that. Who would you who would you have in mind for the middle rotation? Like, well, I'm thinking I'm thinking in terms of the off season that like oh, okay. teams are going to look at this. Yeah, yeah, we're going to say, hey, and not even Game Seven of a World Series, the middle of a World Series where you need to win to tie it up. You got you're doing a bullpen game because you ran out of middle rotation starters. I think that this is going to be the catalyst for this off season because if you look at the Rangers, they have middle middle of the rotation arms out the ass. John yeah. Gray, Evaldi, Heaney. Like, they signed all these guys, and I was like, all right, sure, fucking four years, $56 million, have have at it. Yeah. Um, 
we're going to see a lot more of those contracts this offseason, I feel like. Guys are going to start getting their, their, you know, their due. No, I completely agree. Because I feel like it just adds a lot of depth, too, especially in the postseason, when you're only going with, what, three, four guys in your rotation? Max? So, I agree. Could to be get through a, a new leaf. What's that? It could be, like, the new, the new leaf for the long relief guys. I think this, yeah, if you're Scott Boris and you got a client that's a number three or four starter, you're like, hey, bump that value up a little bit. Yeah. Because teams are going to be out there saying, hey, and I looked up who are some of the free agents like that this winter. I'm looking at you, Mike Clevenger, Mike Lorenzen, Seth Lugo, Wade Miley, Paxton Waka. These are all guys that, you know what? Hey, if I, I could have been pitching game four, I could have been your game four of the World Series starter. Yeah. Just give me a little, give me a little extra, give me a little extra money there. Um, I'm, about it. I, I'm all for it because like, I, I think people overlook these guys because everybody wants Garrett Cole. Of course. Everybody wants Justin Verlander. And yeah. it's, there's some teams that legit can't afford them. Yep. Especially a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks. Exactly. You kidding me? These the Arizona Diamondbacks are probably going to go out and get half of these middle reliever, middle rotation arms. Absolutely. Make middle, make just make average great again. Perfectly average. You're not yeah. great. You're not bad. You're just You're in the middle of everything. Top of the bell curve of all these people. Um, uh, I wanted to change gears a little bit. I want to go off the pitching thing. I wanted to talk about Corey Seager. Uh, and this kind of ties into free agency in the offseason too. Um, I have a couple fun Corey Seager facts, if you're ready. Yeah, give it to me. All I've seen is Corey Seager facts, and I love all of them. Corey yeah. Seager, because he homered again. He became the second shortstop to hit a home run in consecutive World Series games. He joined Derek Jeter, ever heard of him, who did it in games four and five of the 2000 Fall Classic. Love it. Did you tell him that when you met him? Did not remember that. that. No, but I, on the broadcast on Friday on Fox for the postgame, Jeter said, which is the irony of it, he said Corey Seager is his favorite player in baseball right now, which was kind of cool a couple days later. Freaking pass the Jeets. Passes or ties, Jeter? He's a second. Second, okay. So, so I think he's tied. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of cool. If he homers tonight, I think he'll pass him. So yeah. I like that. Uh, he's the first shortstop of three home runs in a single World Series. Yep. Big deal. And if he wins, because he was the, the World Series MVP in 2020, was also yep. the NLCS MVP that year. If he won it this year, he becomes just the fourth player to win multiple World Series MVP trophies since the word was first given out, he would join Reggie Jackson, Bob Gibson, and Sandy Kovacs. Love that. Love that. Also, yeah, they put the stats up. It's almost identical. I think actually two of the stats were identical. Like hits, runs, and RBIs um, in postseason history with Seager and Reggie Jackson, which is pretty cool. Mr. They're October. All, Mr. October. They're like, is there a new Mr. October? And is it Mr. Corey Seager? Maybe so. Also, can we just take a minute to appreciate how Seeger is so poised during the regular season. Like you do not see him showing emotions at all. His past two home runs in the world series, like talk about a energy and emotion, like especially the two run home run in the bottom of the ninth in game one. Just, I loved seeing that from Seeger because he doesn't do that literally ever. He does not show emotion on the field. So I thought that was, that was fantastic. Love seeing some uh, momentum. <laughs> he had all this pent up like excitement. Yeah, because everybody calls him a robot. I think I think the first time we had Nathaniel Lowe on, I was like, "What's it like playing with Corey Seager? He's the coolest dude ever. He came from L.A. He's probably super chill." And yeah. he's like, "No, dude, he's 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 a robot in a good way." And I was like, "Oh, that's weird." 
But now, yeah, all I've seen is like, did you see the clip where I think it was Mookie Betts was on the Fox yeah. panel? He's yeah. like, uh, Corey or something. And he just didn't look at him. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, nice. Yep. Thank you. Give him a little head nod. Yep. Sorry, Mook's got to focus here. <laughs> I read an article that Corey Seager like rebuilds his swing like all the time. I'm sure he like, does. Before every game, he gets there super early and he's on the iPad and he's like trying to change it up and like, that's crazy. He's fantastic. He's so fun to watch. He's a cyborg. Um, I I wanted to make a bigger point about Corey Seager though about culture changer because mm-hmm. I want to take you back to 2021. The Rangers were bad. Corey Seager was like one of the best free agents out there. People were like, oh, is he going to go to the Yankees? The Dodgers yeah. going to get him again? He signed on a last place Rangers team. I think they were last place. Um, that was bad. Had been bad for a while. None of the like websites that offseason had any anybody going to the Rangers because they're like, yeah. all right, fucking Rangers, where well, they have 68 wins this year. Good luck. Corey Seager picked the Rangers, and people are like, oh, what? No, okay. Well, this guy obviously doesn't want to win. Let's yeah. go to a last place team. They suck. He just wants his money. No state income tax in Texas. Shout out. Um, yeah, he's going to ride out in the sunset in Texas, not have to worry yeah. about anything. He is a culture changer. Mm-hmm. He's a culture changer on a team that was bad. And he came there and he said, Hey, guys, I know how to win. I'm going to stick my flag in this ground and I'm going to say, We're going to bring a World Series title here because we're good. I'm good. Look at me every single day rebuilding my swing because I'm a robot. And he did that. Should we look back on that and more favorably now? Like, Hey, you know what? Corey Seager, kind of a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember DeGrom getting the same grief from everyone when he signed with the Rangers going, he clearly doesn't care about his legacy. He clearly doesn't care about winning because he's going to a horrific team, just wants the $162 million for five years. And it's very similar to the Corey Seager situation, but I do agree that entire dynamic, entire clubhouse vibes, because even if you think about the team on paper and how much like the culture does matter because we looked at the Padres that this year who had some of the best players in all of major league baseball on their roster. And clearly, clearly the culture, the clubhouse vibes were off because they couldn't seem to figure anything out. And then you have a guy like Corey Seager that just brings like leadership veteran experience to this team. So you got to commend him for everything he's brought to the Rangers this year. And it did take a year, like 2022, they were bad again, Yeah, but they doubled down on spending. They're like, Hey, we need to build strong teams are built up the middle is yep. what you always hear. You're like, oh, you got to have a good pitcher, catcher, short, second, center field. That's how good teams are built. Um, and it's true because then they went out and they went, they had the up the middle. They had the catcher. They needed the pitching. They, they got that. So, yep. um, yeah, I love it. I, I looked up a couple other culture changers. And my culture changers are like role models, somebody to tell the guys how to, how to compete, how to win, go into a bad team and probably get a lot of shit. Um, I have Manny to the Padres. Remember the Padres, like the late 2010s, absolute garbage teams, not good. And then Manny goes there in 2019. He had just come off a World Series run with the Dodgers. Boom, Padres get good. Uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper went from a very good Nationals team that was always in the NLDS, and he goes to the Philadelphia Phillies, who were also equally as bad. And people are like, okay, turn the culture around. And my favorite, Jason Worth. Two World Series runs with the Phillies, one ring. He goes to the Nationals in 2011. Nationals might have been worse than the Rangers are this year. Jason Worth shows up and says, hey, guys, I know how to win. I don't comb my hair. Look at me. And then the Nationals went on to have a very successful 2010s decade. So there are some examples of this where guys just show up, and then the team gets better around them. Sure, they catch a lot of shit for it in the moment. But, yeah, it's 
they, they, these are the people that are going to be the ones that help turn you around, help pull you out of the shit. Um, oh, Jason Worth, great one. Jason Worth. He got a lot. He was like seven years, 120, I think, 116 yeah. mil. And he's like, yeah, all right, dude, have fun. DC, whatever. Boom, they get good. So a lot of history with that. We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bass podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteeing a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bass sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. Let's shift gears again. Because Max Scherzer, I wanted to talk about Mad Max. He left his start in game three. He made some hilariously painful looking faces when he tried to go back out onto the mound. People were like, this guy looks like a Tim Robinson sketch. Yeah. Uh, I think he should leave. Yeah. Shout out. Um, he has back spasms. And at first people were like, oh, Matt Max is fine. He's like, he needs a couple days. It's like in 2019 World Series where he like couldn't get dressed by himself because of spasms and uh, yep. And he was pitching in game seven. It's like, oh, it's just like that. And then they take him off the World Series roster, him and Garcia, because he was hurt so bad. Should I be worried about Max's future? Um, Yes. I, I would say absolutely. Especially because you have to give it to Max for someone to rush to come back from injury and compete in the World Series, compete in the postseason. Totally commend him for that. But even the way he's been pitching, like he's clearly still dealing with something and was just going to muster through, stay so super zoned in. But given his age, I I don't know how many, if any, more years for Max. Like I, I feel like he could test next year and just say like, I don't have it anymore and that that's it. And I'm going to go out with a World Series ring and this is great and I'm fine. Or you could see that I could also see the competitive side of Max going like, there's no way I'm going to go out without pitching in a postseason game or without pitching for, you know, a bulk of the season and seeing if we can get back there next year. So I feel like it could swing either way. I am though concerned about his health. I'm concerned that his body's lighting up like a game of operation. Yeah. Because in 2023 alone, he dealt with soreness in his right side and back, neck spasms. He strained his Terry's major and then he has back spasms. So yeah. basically every part that's important to do what he does on a daily basis uh, has been injured for Mad Max, who is 39 and will be 40 next year. I'm I'm worried. I don't want to envision a day where we have to watch Max cry through a like a retirement press conference because he's for sure like the competitiveness in him will not want to like go away from the game that he loves. I had I also, I also had this thought: What would a post-retirement Max Scherzer do all day? No, I I don't know what he would do with himself. He would be like um. Who was, who's taking photos in the world series? Randy Johnson. Randy. He's going to be like a Randy, like just has to hang around the game and do something. Maybe he'll coach, maybe he'll manage. I can actually see him managing, but then I'd be scared for the players because he, cause he's going to get really intense. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, well, it's also, I think it's hard for somebody who's as good as him to be like a pitching coach or something, because he'll probably be so competitive. He's like, why can't you just do it? Like I did. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine Mad Max as your pitching coach and you're like, you're having a bad bullpen session and he comes and just barks and chews your head off. Like that probably won't be conducive to winning. Yeah. Max reminds me of, have you seen like the Aaron, did you see like the Aaron Rodgers training camp clips with the jets when he was just screaming at them the whole time? 
That's what I could see like a Mad Max as, but on the sidelines. Like we're like in a bullpen yeah. with the pitcher. Why can't sure. you just hit why can't you just throw the slider like I do? Like it's not that hard. So I don't know if we'd be like that. But I'm just trying to envision like what somebody with the competitive nature of Mad Max would do. Like he's gonna be like having little mini competitions in like the school pickup line. Oh yeah. Like he'll like he'll be in the minivan just like trying to get to the very front. For sure. So he can get his kid first or something. I don't know what else he would be like. What can you channel your, I mean, pick up basketball, maybe? <laughs> he, to the, he's going to need to do something to occupy <laughs> his time. Get a 24-hour fitness and Mad Max is like running the break or something. Like that would be hilarious. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. We need to have Max pitch forever. I don't want him to leave. Yeah. Like I said, national for life. Um, but last thing on the World Series, the Road Rangers. Yeah. Texas Rangers for some reason, do a lot better when they're not at home. They they won 10 consecutive road wins this postseason. That's the longest win streak of a single postseason. And also, they just passed the nine, the, the Yankees. We had nine from 96 to 97 and 37 to 42. So there's something to be said about get these Rangers outside of globe life and then just kick ass. It's kind of like in the 2019 World Series where every team, every road team won, no home team won. Weird. Yeah. It's it. There's really like no. It's a cool stat. I remember. Like I love that they're the Road Warriors. I would love to talk to the players and say like, what, what is it? What are your routines on the road? Because I need to know why this is consistently happening. You guys sleep better in hotel rooms. Like what? What's the issue here? That you can't win at home in your nice, warm, comfortable bed. Home field advantage, not for the Texas Rangers. It's like, please don't make me play at home. (laughs) Please, I'm begging you. There, that's a great point. I maybe they just enjoy, uh, like the thrill of shutting an opposing crowd up. Yeah, we had Reds reliever TJ Antone on last year, and he told a story about he was in Wrigley and he was pitching against Javi Baez, and like the whole crowd is chanting Baez's name, and it's, they're all up on their feet and they're they're cheering. And then TJ thought internally he was like, "I'm about to make this whole crowd shut up," and then he did it, and he said it was the coolest feeling ever. So maybe the Rangers are just addicted to like big moments, get the rally towels waving, the snakes alive, eight and a half by 11 printouts. Yeah. They just all have to put them down in shame. Maybe they enjoy that thrill. Could be. Absolutely could be. It's awesome. Um, okay. Uh, let's do a couple segments and then we will get out of here. Uh, best and worst of the week. We're trying something new. We could change, you know, things been getting stale on the pod. Yeah. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's get the vibes yeah. going. Um, best of the week. My best of the week. Arizona State University's Halloween costume game. I don't like costumes as a general rule, if you listen to the early part of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I do think it's funny when you have somebody in inflatable Sully from Monsters, Inc. trying to run down to first base. That was, that kicked ass. I love it. I saw two phenomenal Halloween costumes. That would be my best of the week. I saw, can you guess one of them? Were they baseball? Really? Oh, is it the Randy Johnson and the bird? It was Randy Johnson and the deceased bird might have been the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, this wins the creativity award because I don't, I would never have thought about this myself. The other costume that I saw, which was, you know, we all saw people were doing the, the Travis Kelsey and the Taylor Swift. Like, yes, you had to see this one. This one was a girl and her boyfriend. The boyfriend dressed up as Taylor Swift. The girl dressed up as a map. And the boyfriend took 
a foot like was holding a photo of Travis Kelsey playing Taylor Swift and like stuck it on the map. So like Taylor Swift put him on the map. That so creative. Loves that. So that and Randy Johnson and the dead bird. That was fantastic. <laughs> my top two peaks. We'll call call it my peak of the week. Ooh, I like that. Thanks. Is it hard though to have a Halloween costume that you have to explain though? Like, shouldn't you just like look at a Halloween costume and be like, I get it. Like the ones oh. where it's like like a like a riddle or it's like yeah, you know, like the Taylor Swift one where it's like he put her he, he she put him on the map, like I feel like hard though. though. She was dressed up as a map. Okay. I think like, I feel like because that line was huge and they even talked about it on new heights and they showed the video on new heights. Cause every single girl was asking her boyfriend, like, isn't it so funny that Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map? Like that one I thought was good. Also, I am curious the Randy Johnson one, like we love, but nobody else would get that. If you don't play baseball, they play. Like, why is this chick? bloody bird why just a bloody feathery thing yeah what i like i like that throwback diamondbacks jersey that guy had on though that thing was sick yeah it was so Um, cool yeah i just feel like if you have to explain your halloween costume if it does it's not like immediately like recognizable like i think you're doing that more i don't know it's it's just a very i wouldn't do it yeah i agree my worst of the week um can fans just chill out I've seen so many things in this World Series. I've seen fans on the field. I think it was last yeah. night. There's a fan on the field. Saw the video. Guy had a Team Portnoy sweatshirt on, which is kind of funny. Um, I saw that, and then I also saw this thing. Did you did you see Jeff Passan's tweet? He no. said, for the last two innings, fans have been trying to throw paper airplanes onto the field at Chase Field. One just landed. The PA announcer said, fans who throw things on the field are subject to fines or arrest. He was booed. And I was like, what? Cause I've seen this on TikTok. It's mostly at NFL games where people are in the nosebleeds and they're like trying to launch the plane and it like lands. And it's like, Oh, they did it like so many times at the diamondbacks game. And I saw a video of it. It's like one of them got out to the mound. I think, yeah. um, really knock it off. Knock it Stop off. doing that. It's not it's, fun. Let's be, let's be respectful here. There's no need. I'll give you, I'll give you a one. I'll give one person one. And if it doesn't, cause then they were like, some of the people were saying that the the airplanes were getting caught on the net, but like yeah. around the field. I'll give you one shot to get it onto the field. All right, that's it. One for the TikTok. I will go and I'll watch it. Don't don't make it a barrage. Yeah. Of yeah, it's agree. not cool. So that was best worst of the week. Got a couple off season storylines to talk about though, because you know after you want my worst of the week, you're gonna like oh, my worst of the week. <laughs> It's such a bad job of hosting. Um, uh, let's just let's. My word for the week was just for Justin because I knew he would appreciate this so much, and I purposely God. picked this one. But it's I fine. My hosting privileges. No, we're no, <laughs> no. You just you're hosting the pod now. That's <laughs> such a bad job. I'm so mad at myself. Okay, uh, I'm so sorry. Please, Kate, That's please okay. take it away. So my worst of the week. So, uh, so if anyone has been following John Boy this postseason. Jake came out, like, right when the postseason started, and he said, give me the Diamondbacks. I'm going for the Snakes the whole postseason. Like, he said it from the get-go. So it was a whole running joke. Like, Jake keeps saying, like, my Snakes, my Snakes, my Diamondbacks. So Jake what tweeted out a photo of him wearing a Diamondbacks jersey, and he said, let's go Snakes in seven. This was for game five tonight. Someone who's a very, I'm not going to say who it was, a very big Yankees, 
like person on Twitter, like, like they have a massive following on Twitter that a Yankees fan tweeted it out and said, wow, some Yankee fan wearing another team's jersey. And all the Yankee fans were going, yeah, no, he's not a true Yankee fan. How dare you root for another team? That's not your own. That, knock it off. Respectfully, knock it off. If your team is not in the postseason, root for whoever you want to root for. Like, I just think that is absolutely ridiculous. Also, just the fact that, like, you can't wear another team's merch. What's wrong with that? Like, he hosts a podcast called Talking Baseball, where they talk about every single aspect of Major League Baseball. It's actually ridiculous. That's my rant. That was my worst of the week. I got so mad when I saw that today. Like, stop it. It's not that I do like. I do like the people that gatekeep. I love people on Twitter uh, that will just say like, no, you can't, you can't do that. Cause you, you know, you have to, you have to have one, if you have to be monogam, have, I don't know what the right word, monogamistic. I don't know. One team uh, forever, forever and ever. You're not allowed to like other things. Um, yeah, that always drives me crazy. And that's not that's not just me saying that who has we'll just say a few favorite teams at the moment. Um yeah, the, those the, the hardos on the internet. They're like, "Oh, you can't do that it's against the fan rules." Who can Good for you, Kate? Thank yeah. you. It's who says who, who says you can't like a fourth of the league? Not me. Whoever you want to root for. It's all inclusive. Uh, yes. It, it is. Yeah. And this is, it's, it's so I had to, you know, those, uh, like tier makers, like on the internet, I did this the other day. Yeah. I was like trying to explain to a buddy of mine about like, like how I could like the Rangers. And he's like, you just, you just can't do it, dude. And I was like, well, hear me out. True blue diehard fan Orioles and nationals, right? Yeah. That's, that's a given. I've, they, they share a, a TV network. It's very easy as a, as a kid to flip back and forth and watch all of them. Oznats. I've been a fan of the Pirates and the Rangers for over 10 years. So I'm putting them in the second category. I've been to eat both of their games a bunch. Been a big fan. I can name some of my favorite players growing up with them. I root for it because I know people there. Phillies, yeah. Reds, Rays, Padres. <laughs> and then I made one that just says Eric Hosmer. So okay. um, that's kind of where my rooting interests lie. Um it was I had to it was very hard to explain that over text. So I was just like, look at the look at the flow chart, look at the pie breakdown of how many teams I like, because there's a reason. I'm not just doing this because I want to like the winningest teams. Because yeah. if that was the case, I wouldn't be a Pirates fan. Yeah. Um so yeah, it is hard to explain that to people. So yeah. love hey, love who you love. Exactly. <laughs> um I'm I'm so sorry that I I I oh, almost transitioned us out of that segment before I could agree with that like thing you just did. All good. No worries at all. Continue. Losing sleep over that. A um, couple off-season storylines before we get out of here. Um, how much are we going to talk about Shohei Otani this winter? Because I have a feeling it's going to be every single week. Every single week. Every single week. It's going to be a new team. It's going to be... Uh, no, now he's thinking about the East Coast. No, he definitely wants to stay on the West Coast. The Giants are now coming out saying that they're not going to be outbid. It's it's going to be a new a new storyline every single week. A new team is going to come into the picture. The Mariners are going to come out of nowhere saying, no, well, he smiled when we cheered for him at the freaking um, All-Star game. So he's going to come to the Mariners. Like every single team, I think, is going to take a stab at it and a new one's just going to emerge every week. It's, it's going to get old. So yeah. I just want to give the people now a heads up. 
that will be 30% of what we talk about will just be him. Yeah. Because I I'm I kind of like the mystery team part. I give me all of the beat reporters, give me the Ken Rosenthal's tweeting that there's, you know, conversations are taking place between whoever and Shohei's people. Like, give me the things about the Giants having all this cap space or yeah. luxury tax space. Luxury tax space. Um, I'm here for it. But yeah. it will get old. And I'm just want to call that out now before it becomes a thing. For sure. Love it. Quick, where's he going? Dodgers. Yep, Dodgers. Yeah. That's an easy one. Yeah. Um, here's a under the radar storyline that we'll be keeping an eye on this winter. It's our guy Tyler Glass now mm-hmm. because he's set to make 25 million next year. It's his final year before he hits free agency. The Rays have said that look, hey, we're gonna have to expand payroll a little bit. Um, they said uh, there's this website that projects their team will have 130 million dollar payroll for next year. That's 51 more than they had this year. That's mostly due to like players through, uh, through arbitration getting raised. They might try to shed some of that, and I'm worried they're going to trade Tyler Glass now. So um, I also want to get out ahead of that. I don't want him to leave. Yeah. Could see him in uh, some nice Orioles orange, though. I think a team that really, really need to upgrade in pitching, but I don't know. I like can't picture Glass now out of the Rays uniform, like in this. Send him back to Pittsburgh. I forget. I literally forgot he was there. It's like same thing when people are like, oh, Garrett Cole, you know, started on the Pirates. I'm like, that it seems so foreign to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it is hard because you think of somebody who's like so t- so tied to like their current place that you think mm-hmm. you forget that like, yeah, these people just, yeah. You just bounce around. Great for the Immaculate Grid. Great for the Immaculate Grid. Fantastic. Here's a fun one that I always use. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Musgrove. What, yeah. do, what do you think of Joe Musgrove as Padres for life? Padres. Always Astros. Padres. I'm using that. I'm literally using that next time. Started on the, drafted <gasps> by the Blue Jays. To, that, sorry. I just looked at Immaculate Grid and I have to play today because the Yankees are in and I didn't see. Continue. Ooh, yeah. I was really bad on mine. Um, but yeah, I just, I just don't know if they should trade him. Like to save money, they, they could, but they'd also be dealing like, a frontline starter from a rotation that sure you'll have Eflin and Savali next year, but you have so many guys that are hurt. Shane boss is coming back I mean, from yeah. injury. You don't know what you have from him. Rasmussen and Springs are both hurt. It's like, really, do you really want to, you really want to ride into next year with Latell and Taj Bradley as like your middle of rotation rocks? Like, no, give me, yeah. give me Tyler glass now at the front of a rotation from now until the end of time. So okay. uh, I appreciate it. I like it. A couple more. This is the off season where two of my favorite teams are going to spend a bunch of money. I'm already calling it the nationals and the Orioles will finally spend some money. Could you see the nationals who, how many wins did they have last year? They added 16 wins from 22 to 23. Is this their year to spend some money in free agency or is this a down free agency class that will kind of leave people disappointed, Kate? I don't see them spending money. I mean, like who could you see them getting? For, from a like from a pitching perspective, I'm presuming that for the Nationals, I don't see it, them going out and getting a Blake Snell or a Josh Hader. It's I know you want them to. <laughs> well, Hader's a luxury for any, anybody. Um, it's pitching and power are the two things okay. the Nats need. They had the rotation that had a combined ERA of five, and they had the second fewest home runs last year. They're going to go out. I want Reese Hoskins. Okay. I want Reese Hoskins to be my first baseman. I think he will be a very, very good fit on that team. 
And for the rotation, yeah, go get. I want Jordan Montgomery to be honest. Okay. I want him or Nola. I don't think we can afford Snell. I don't think we can afford. Uh, who's the other? I guess I guess Nola would be the second best pitcher, but um, yeah, I want I want a front of the rotation starter, and I want some power. Is that too much to ask, Mike no. Rizzo, the greatest GM ever to live? It's not too much to ask. Not too much to ask at all. Love Mike Rizzo. Guy's the man. Um, also, the Orioles will have to spend some money too because the yeah. pitching's a problem. Oh, it's awful. It's, it's- on a hundred and one win team. It's yeah. weird to think that like they have that big of a hole somewhere. Yeah, and everyone said. Oh, the pitching is going to get exposed. Pitching is going to get exposed in the postseason, and literally, what happened? The pitching got exposed. Like as great as the lineup was in the regular season, it's it's just not going to last in October. No, the, the pitching was not built for October. I love Kyle Bradish; he's the man. Yes, Grayson will. Be, Grayson's also another front of line starter. He struggled a little bit, but yeah, this also middle relief going back to make middle relievers great again. Um, yeah, you you have to you have to build a mineral lead up. You, you can't have one injury to Felix Bautista completely throw off the entire you know equilibrium of your team. Yeah, no. Um, okay, I wanted to end. Actually, no, two things. Two last, two last, last things. I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know why I want this to end because I I I want a podcast forever. I want this to be a 24 hour pod. Okay. Um, I had this thought, and we talked about this with Ryan Ripken about how people are shitting on the Rangers for spending all of this money going out there and rebuilding through free agency. People are like, oh, okay, big deal. You have no homegrown guys. They have proved that smart spending is the way to do it, not reckless spending. But who will be the next team, next bad team to go from last place from the outhouse to the penthouse uh, in terms of going out and buying some people? Maybe not this free agency, maybe next year. I think next next year's is better. Um, I had a thought. I wanted your take. Maybe you even have a team in mind that sucks that could go out and spend some money. Detroit Tigers. Oh, okay. I like that. I was going to say the Cardinals just after this year and getting completely embarrassed. I mean, they obviously they weren't bad in the previous years, but I think after them being like a clear favorite in the Central for all these years and then having a horrific 2023 season, they're going to go out and literally do anything imaginable to make sure that doesn't happen for 2024. I think I read an article about that. Yeah, they, they are the Cardinals. They're all in. They're going to spend so much money. Yes. I didn't know. I think I don't know why I didn't think of that. Maybe right. in my mind, I just didn't equate them with being bad. With being bad. No, that's fair. I mean, I, like, I'm just thinking about the other bad teams. Like the A's maybe in 2035 and the Rockies. Maybe. I don't I don't know how you fix the Rockies at this point. Or Chris Bryant. Wait, remember our first podcast, Justin was like, we're going to play a fun game. Can you name five players on the Rockies? <laughs> That's a fun game to play with, like, teams that are so bad that are intentionally bad that, like, they it's it's a bad thing when they have somebody with name recognition. Yeah. But then you're also just like, Colorado, like, what, when's the last time you guys have had anybody besides Tulo and Cargo, right? Yeah. No, it's so true. It's really so true. Ghost of Chris Bryant. Um, yeah, that's actually a way better one. I like your – I'm going to – I want to co. I want to adopt yeah. yours. Yeah, adopt mine. Please take it. It's yeah. here for the liking. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because here's where my, here's where my head was at with the Tigers is that I, I remember them spending so much money in 2017. They had the number four payroll in baseball. They it was it was like 200 million dollars that year, and they've shed some of that obviously, and they will uh, with Miguel Cabrera retiring, so they will have some more payroll flexibility. Yeah, I, the Tigers are sneaky getting better. 
Maybe yeah. people have forgotten about them because they haven't been relevant in a while. Maybe it's because like, you know, it's only Ben Miguel Cabrera, but they just, they, they are building something, which yeah. is cool. Cause that's a bad division they play in. So it doesn't take a lot for them to win. They added 12 wins from 22 or from 22 to 23. They got 12 more wins. Some fun young guys, Tarek Skubal, Kerry Carpenter, Spencer Torkelson finally hit for power this year. Um, they do have a couple holes that they could go spend in free agency. It would be perfect for free agency. Pitching and veteran leadership. So Snell, Nola, Montgomery, one of those guys. Yeah. Um, because Miguel Cabrera is leaving, they do need somebody to be like a veteran locker room guy. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who that would be quite yet, but look out for the time. I mean, Javi Baez probably is going to opt into his contract because he's not playing very well. So maybe it's him. I don't know, okay. but... Detroit, Detroit. How do you say it? Detroit. Detroit. Okay. Sometimes I throw D in there as like a harder thing, but yeah. Um, yeah. Look out for the Tigers. Spend a little money. Cool. I like it. Um, this is the last thing that I had. Not to, not to rush the ending here. Um, Juan Soto. Uh, it, the Padres are in a weird spot. If you read the athletic today that you saw, yep. they took out a $50 million loan. that he gets spotted until payday, but just as a baseball team. Um, So they're in some financial trouble. And the most logical person to be traded probably is going to be Juan Soto and his $33 million arbitration money he's supposed to make. Yep. Ever. Um, Kate, you you had an interesting, I think it was a video. Um, I think you might even put it on Twitter, which I replied to sarcastically and you didn't interact with, which is fine. I'm not upset about that. Um, But... You, you think Juan Soto's coming to the Bronx? think Juan Soto's coming to the Bronx. Sean Casey, the former Yankees hitting coach, because he was relieved of his duties, said that they absolutely need a power left-handed bat. Brian Hoke, the Yankees beat reporter for The Athletic, came out and said to MLB Network they should do everything in their power, and nobody should be off limits, with the exception of Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge. And I absolutely agree. They have... Phenomenal prospects. I mean, a package is going to have to include them giving up some of their pitchers, as well as like a Pereira, a Peraza, maybe even a Volpe. I know before everyone comes for me, but it's going to have to include like two, three pitchers and then an infielder as well. But I I can absolutely see him in the Bronx. I think the Yankees are going to be all in on him because what do we always say? Oh, the Yankees should really go out and get pitching. And the issue this year was the offense. So Absolutely, go out, get Soto, get the deal done, please. I'm begging you. Okay. Mic drop. Let's, unpa- <laughs> let's, unpa- let's unpack this for a second. Okay. Um, I do not think he's going to the Yankees. Why? I will think. I do think he's going to get traded, though. That is probably going to happen. Where do you think he's going? I don't have that figured out quite yet. Just um, not the maybe Yankees. They, maybe they, they should have packaged him to San Francisco and for with Bob Melvin. That's what they should have done. Um. No, I don't think the Yankees are going to be able to do him, Kate, because they don't have the they don't have the prospects. And they, if they had the prospects, they would just be gutting the positions where the prospects are, where they don't have any other alternatives. They have the fielding prospects; they just don't have the pitching prospects that are fantastic. Right. But they could do like a, a Michael King. They could do like a Michael King, a Clark Schmidt, a Johnny Brito, a Randy Vasquez. Maybe send them all. Send all four. It's <laughs> the whole bullpen. No, all of them. Maybe what well, they could do like a a Chase Hampton, 
a, a pro so they could do a prospect, a Michael King, and a Johnny Burrito, and then also throw in Everson Pereira. Done. Mic drop. That's how they're going to get the it. Yankees, according to the midseason farm system rankings, had <laughs> the 21st ranked farm system, 2 1, bottom third of the league. Okay. When the Padres had to get Juan Soto, they had to give up their number one, two, three, and 14 prospects, and also Luke Voigt. People Love forget it. about him. Um, oh, that. I know. I, I hope he's doing well. Um, he, the the Yankees do not have the horses to go out and acquire. So I was like, all right, well, let's, let's take a deep dive into who the Yankees have in the farm system. Um, and I was, <laughs> I was reading that's like, all right, let's get double A outfielder Spencer Jones. Welcome to San yeah. Diego. Go They're going to want a pitcher. So that's either number, that's Chase Hampton or was it, is it Chase and Chase? Chase Hampton, Hampton and, Drew, and Drew Thorpe. Drew Thorpe. Okay. Drew that's Thorpe. a typo on my part. I was like, God Chase damn, everybody's named Chase. And Drew Thorpe. And Drew Thorpe. Yep. Okay. Thor- All right. That's two. That's that's a given. All right. Then they're probably going to want some guys to play on the big league team. So that's either going to be Dominguez or Volpe. Okay. Okay. You trade. Again, we just had the whole thing about building up the middle. Let's just gut the middle. Or it could um, be a Pereira or a Peraza. Sure. And then, you know, again, infield problem. Um, I labor even then what a labor Torres isn't he a free agent oh yeah so scratch that no nope. pretty sure he's nope. a free agent no one's trading labor. we're not gonna check we're not gonna double check that in the moment but you guys can um Dominguez has also had his like flexor UCL thing fixed so um don't know what's happening with that uh I don't think any of these guys are going to be enough because the Padres are going to be dealing from, hey, we don't have to trade him, even though the money thing coming out probably hurts the leverage they had a little bit. Um, no, I think you guys have a below average farm system, and it's even if you do gut it for one year of Juan Soto, can you afford his what, – what do you think? I mean, he he turned down 440. Can you add another 500 to your current payroll? With that new all-star insurance, we can afford anything. So I'm here. Also, Glaber Torres, for the record – I knew, don't test me on my Yankees knowledge, Justin. He's a free agent in 2025. He has one more year with the Yankees. Okay. <laughs> so could, could do a lace. Love you, Glabe. Come back soon. We need Just a bat. Gaslight you think you people are free agents. We need you know Judge is a free agent? Judge is not a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm just testing you on that one. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't see this happening. I do. We can agree okay. to disagree. I- I th- I think in your mind and you 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 know that I'm right. No, it's just that you want it to be you want it to be the opposite. You want to be like, hey, I don't want Justin to be right because I want Juan Soto and pinstripes for one year, maybe before he before he he's gonna go hit the market again because Scott Boris doesn't do extensions before free agency. Yeah, and at that point, some random ass team like the Brewers or the Giants probably will go get him in free agency for half a bill. Um, are you prepared to gut your major league? roster this year and then your prospect future for one year of Juan Soto? Yes. Because okay, let me phrase it I have play, because I have players in their prime right now. Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, John Carlos Stanton, especially yeah, not not get, not get I'm not I'm saying they're they're not getting any younger and Cole okay. and Judge are pitching well and Stanton's already on the decline. So they're gonna have to soak up whatever they have left of Stanton because we have him till twenty twenty eight. So yes. I I say just go get it now. Get it done. Maybe he'll love playing in New York. <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, ask Joey Gallo how much fun that is. Um, I we're okay. Here's another question for you. 
this roster, the way it's constructed now, let's say they get him. Were you guys a Juan Soto away from being good last year? Yes. Yes. Kate. They had, they had not so much time. They had an unfortunate so- year and they had a lot of injuries. Right. They had a lot right. of injuries last year. And some questionable bullpen decisions, but that's not on the <laughs> But it's tough when you have like your first baseman completely out with a concussion. You have a rookie shortstop in his first year. You don't have a third baseman because you just traded Josh Donaldson away. DJ LeMay is having an off season. You don't have a center fielder because Harrison Bader was placed on waivers. Like it's very hard to be successful when all of these things are happening. And Aaron Judge was out for two months of the season. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe you could convince me of that because they, you know, all those things you you said happened and then they still finished 82 and 80. Right. So, yeah. okay. I'm just, I, sometimes teams trick themselves into thinking that they're one player away. Hey, we're just a, we're just a, this guy away from being back into contention in the AL East where the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Rays are all going to be good. I don't know what the Red Sox are doing. Um, I don't know. It'll be fun to see. But no, Juan Soto will not be going to the Bronx. You heard it here first. Teach their own. We'll see in 2024. I don't know, because, you know, Garrett Cole's a free agent at the end of the year. So, I mean, it's. He's opting in. He just has the option to opt out. He do- Wait, I was just kidding. He- that's a thing? No, he has, he has the option to opt out this year. But he's not going to, obviously. I'm not a fan of opt-outs. Well, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't, it, like, I like. Well, it's funnier if it's like Carlos Correa's deal where it was an opt-out af- after every single year. That was funny. Yeah. It's not, For sure. It's not funny if you're a fan of the team because it's like, oh my God, please stay. Yeah, um, no. So, okay. Well, this is this is just another storyline that we'll keep an eye on this offseason is where Juan Soto will go. It is very unfortunate. The Padres have, it's like a band breaking up in, your, in front of you. It's like the Beatles breaking up. Everybody's going their separate ways and having solo careers and it's never going to be as good. Um. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad in a way because I wanted the Padres to be so good. Yeah, totally. So, um, okay. Well, that's all I had for this week. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you all next week. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Wait up.